Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and I'm joined by John James. John James, yeah. how are we? I'm fine, how are you? I'm very well. Aidan, how are we? I'm very well, Aidan. Very, very well. So we're going to kick off the show by talking about uh, the Rangers-Dundee game. Rangers won 4-1 over Dundee. Rangers were very impressive overall. It was a very comfortable performance. Uh, two goals uh, from Morales. He was outstanding on the day. Um, John James, what do you make uh, Rangers won 4-1 over Dundee? Uh, I think it was probably Rangers' best display of the season. I think it was probably the most comfortable they've all season. I would agree, yeah. Uh, a lot of the new, new signings played well as well. Obviously, Morelis is already imp- impressed. But I think Kim, that was probably Ken Diaz's best game in a range. Oh, hands down, yeah. Ken Diaz was uh, he down the right hand side. He was he was causing the the the, the Dundee defence a lot of problems. Um, he his crossing was uh, superb as well, and obviously he played a superb cross into the box with Josh Windus, and he knocked that away. So he did be said, and yeah, but Ken Diaz played well. And Morales looked like a constant threat uh, going forward, so he did. Um, Aidan, what did you make of Ken Diaz's performance on Saturday? Yeah, like uh, he was, he was superb on the day. Um, because it, like I think that's um, six uh, goals in. Uh, I think it's no sorry. I think it's uh, five goals in five league games. Morales um, has scored. I think it might be right. But is it five? Yeah. I think it was not six. Oh, six. Sorry. Yeah, it was six. Uh, six league goals in uh, five games. He's been, as I was saying, very clinical in front of goal. And Candias was just a constant threat down that right hand side. Um, Josh Windas, if I'm being honest, um, credit where it's due. Um, he came on for Nico Cranshaw. Cranshaw down the left hand side. We played a four four two. Cranshaw playing left mid. I do not want to see Nico Cranshaw as a left mid ever again. It's it's not his fault though. Um, he's not a left mid. It, but when he plays in that position, the the whole tempo gets slowed down, and it, he's just he's just an extremely slow player. But it's not his fault. He should not be playing in that position. Uh, if it was up to me, um, I would play a four two three one, and I would have Cranshaw playing in behind the striker because I think that's where he's best suited but um, as soon as Josh Windas came on he livened up the game added a bit of pace down that left hand side and he was taking on players it looked like a guy who had uh, a ton of confidence about him first time I've seen that in a long time and John James what was, you, what was it you said off pod new haircut yeah. new player potentially oh, exactly. so yeah uh, he, had, he, took his, uh, he took his goal well and he totally changed the game as soon as he came on but um, yeah all, all round he played well when he came on so yeah, it was good to see Carlos Pena. He scored his uh, his first goal, but I still feel as though he's lacking that bit of match, uh, sorry, match uh, sharpness and match uh, fitness as well. But hopefully, it's him getting that goal, we can kick on and like that will give him a confidence boost. So, John James, what do you think, Carlos Pena? Do you think he can actually kick on from this? It depends if he's fit because he's not real. He's not. He's not starting games. He's only coming on for like how how long did he get against Dundee? Dundee, I think he, I think it's about half an hour, twenty five minutes. Oh, it's it's an improvement on what he got against County because I think he only played fifteen minutes against Ross County. Mm-hmm. So he's gradually playing more minutes. But the question is, is he good? On Rats Rangers got two wins in a row. Would you start him when the team's in a bit of form right now, especially when you you've got Celtic in two each time? So you do you start him and give him a chance to stake his claim to play in the old firm? Or do you not play him because the players beforehand have played well enough to earn their spot? But it's the problem you want to have. You want to have players that are pressing for the exactly. team, but 
Is he the same as Windass. Windass coming on and playing well. So does he stay in the squad for? I don't know who's, who Rangers are playing this weekend. This weekend, Partick Thistle this Friday. Partick Thistle. So does Windass keep his place against Thistle? Does Pena keep his place against uh, Thistle? So yeah, honestly, if I'm be if I'm being totally honest, right, everyone knows my thoughts on Josh Windass, right. But if I'm see if I'm to pick between Josh Windass and Cranshaw to play in the left hand side, it'll be Josh Windass all day long because. Cranshaw is not a left mid, and as soon as he gets given the ball when he's playing that position, the whole uh, tempo of uh, our play just slows down, and it's just it's, it doesn't work out whatsoever. And as soon as, as I was saying earlier, as soon as Cranshaw came off, the whole dynamic of Rangers play totally changed, and we kicked on and played much much better. So yeah, I would say if I'm going to have to pick a player to play on the left hand side, it would need to be Josh Windass. So Aidan, do you think Josh Windass can kick on here? Um, I think so. I mean, if you look at the first. Up from last season, Josh Windass did give some Celtic some problems in the first half of that game. And Kranshaw, he did get injured after that, but he really it was non-existent in my opinion. Yeah, so can. I think he's probably the better option with Fiat Martin, but faster, faster paced football than Kranshaw. Yeah, I can see, I remember last season that old firm game, we had, I think it was Joey Barton and Nico Cranshaw in the midfield, and it was a complete disaster. Barton and Cranshaw just got totally... Like ragdolled and it was it was bad to see and that's what I was saying I think Cranshaw's like best suited uh, position is behind the striker because Cranshaw just playing that central midfield area or just even in left mid it's just he's not suited to that anymore he's getting up there and but don't get me wrong he technically is a really good player but he's just not suited to be play uh, be playing on the left hand side yeah but. Overall, I thought Ryan Jack had a yet another fantastic game. He does the simple things really well, and like that's the thing. I'm, when Carlos Pena came on, I'm, I'm, even though he he came on for I think it was Graham Dorans, Do, like, Graham Dorans. So, Dor- yeah, I was speaking to a couple of Rangers fans about this. They were saying they think the jury's out on uh, Graham Dorans right now. He was he didn't do a, a lot on Saturday. So, I don't. I, well, I I heard people that were talking about it and they were saying Graham Dorans was allowed to leave. Nor- was it Norwich? Yeah. Um, yeah. He was allowed to leave for a reason. Like whether obviously whether Norwich fa- obviously Norwich fans will have their own opinion on that. But at the end of the day, Rangers fans got they and it's rightly so because they that he was playing for Scotland. But he he is a play- like, he was allowed to leave for whatever reason. Fair enough, he's a Rangers fan. They were getting excited about that, but they need to realise that he was technically released. So they, it's. Well, we pay, well, I think we paid I think like what. what I think uh, we paid one point four pay million for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, we paid one point four million so for him. So they allowed him to leave. So obviously, maybe they've seen something. Maybe that he's not. I don't know. Up to a high paced tempo anymore. But he's went missing the last couple of times. Uh, I've seen Rangers anyway. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. It wasn't like he ha- he was he had a bad game and yeah. Saturday. It wasn't like he was poor or anything. He was just non existent. You're expecting more from a player that you've paid one point three million for. Like so, you're expecting him to be one of the players that. He's dictating the whole play, and he's not for for a player that that like his initial first game against Mullow, That was the player that you you pay one point three million for to come up from England, and then after that he's not really done much. He's done, He's just been a pat. Well, not he's not been. A, I wouldn't say he's been as bad as a passenger, but he's been a passenger and a good performance. Like of course I think Doran's will he, he will eventually pick up his game, and start playing really well, but. So far, he's just not really stood out, stood out from the bunch. Because when we send him, all Rangers fans were thinking, this guy's going to be our star guy. He'll be the guy who'll stand out. He'll be our go-to guy. But he's not really done that so far. But it's still early on. He, he, potentially, he can kick on and really show to the Rangers fans that he will be that player for us. 
So, uh, but um, hopefully, like Graham Doran, so it's like, it was, it's a weird situation. I think the best way to sum up is non-existent right now. Yeah, but Dundee though, going to Dundee, um, it was a really poor performance, so it was. And Dundee, like I mean, John James have uh, praised Dundee in the final third. Uh, on the podcast uh, earlier on, um, like Dundee in the final third, uh, they can cause teams problems. But on Saturday, they, d- they didn't really cause Rangers a lot of problems whatsoever. Um, John James, what do you think the issue was with Dundee on Saturday? Do you think the occasion just got to them? Uh, I don't know if it was Dun- Dundee. I-, I said before that their defence right now. I know their their captain is that Cammy Kerr, who I rate very highly. He's like he's obviously one of their youngsters, and he's their captain. He's a he's apparently a Dundee fan, so. But their other centre back, I think it's Jack Hendry. I'm pretty sure he's nineteen. So and then I don't know I don't know who he's playing alongside. But their defence right now is relatively young and they've still got they've got players like Darren O'D, James McPake, all sitting on the bench. Well they're injured. I don't know if they're I don't know when they're back to full fitness. So they're lacking that bit of experience in defence. And going to somewhere like Ibrox, go they've already played Aberdeen, they they're gonna play Celtic in the League Cup as well. So Against those sort of teams, you need to have defenders that know know what it's all about, and they do. They didn't even to play necessarily bad against Aberdeen. I'm going back to that, but they just don't seem to have the experience to see out the or to see out and handle these bigger games. Yeah, see, as soon as the, the second goal went in on Saturday, just Dundee's heads, the head just went down. It's a relatively they, young side. Yeah, because they just like. When the second goal went in, there was no motivation there. They just went, okay, that's it, game's done and dusted. I think the only players they've got that's over 25, I think, is Paul McGowan uh, and Tabor. I think Bain, I think, or Bain, I don't know what age he is. So, and obviously OD and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well. And if you take two of them out the side, then it's relatively young players have got that. Like Elbeck too, he's not, he's not by any means a an experienced head obviously he's good enough he is good enough uh, but then other than that you've got Alan Cammy uh, Kerr so it's quite Jack Hendry it's all, so they were quite young players that were starting and obviously uh, Scott Allen got subbed so. yeah I was about to mention that uh, of course you just brought up Scott Allen there Scott Allen Aiden got subbed off in the first half my god like see as soon as the ball as soon as Scott Allen got the ball he got bombarded with booze like and then he just he was not up to it whatsoever. I think Neil McCann came out and said he got subbed off uh, because he had a groin injury. But what do you make of that, Aidan? Uh, Scott Allen getting subbed off in the first half? I probably think it probably was down to an injury. I mean, he's probably one of Dundee's better players at the moment, but I'm not really surprised at the reaction he would have got in Ibrox after the thing turned down Rangers. Yeah. But, uh, um, going back to like, the Darnadi, I think if he was fully fit, he'd be playing games. I think this is the game's Dundee really need a player like that for the captain them all last season and I think they'll be really missing him if he's not fit for Celtic in the League Cup yeah, like see Scott Allen. Like as soon as the booze started with Scott Allen, as soon as he got the ball, he was misplacing passes. It, like he, the booze really got to that guy, and even if. He wasn't. You see, if Scott Allen wasn't injured. I still think Neil McCann would have gave him the hook early because oh, that, that that the booze really did get to him. So, yeah, overall it was a comfortable uh, performance from Rangers. A great f- uh, three points, and Rangers have Celtic in the next couple of weeks. So, Rangers, I think, need to build on this momentum and confidence uh, going into the Old Firm game because that's massive. Uh, so it is. So. It's, an in- it's an interesting. I think that's double header against Partick. Is like crucial for players like Windass and Pena who are really trying to stake a claim to get in the team for 
the Celtic game. Yeah. And I think positions like that are up for grabs at this moment. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's what you want though in a, in a team. Like you want players to be competitive uh, uh, for positions because, like, just I've just mentioned this for example, right? It's quite off topic, but look at see if you don't have competition for places, it just it's not a great thing. Because look at Arsenal, right? There's nobody really pushing Aaron Ramsey for his spot, right? And we see with, uh, Aaron Ramsey at Arsenal, he's not playing all that well because he doesn't have competition for places. He knows he'll be starting week in week out, so. You need competition for places in a squad, and right now, especially in midfield area, Rangers have that, which is a great thing, and it's not a bad problem to have for, uh, for a manager. So overall, a great performance uh, from Rangers and a big three points. So Ross County drew a party thistle at the weekend, one each. John James, what did you make of the game? It wasn't a fantastic game overall, was it? But a point, I think, was a, a fair result for both teams. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't. It was not not a pretty game at all. But I think it, I think it was quite harsh to say that Partick Thistle shouldn't have maybe edged that. Do you think so? They they were in the lead. To the, the, they only conceded four minutes before the end of time. So, but like that, that, that's the difference between sides. That will, as we've said numerous times, that's the difference between sides that will finish in top six and not. Because if a top six side is one 0 up against Ross County, or a team around that area, they'll more likely see it out. But part of this, obviously, it was a late penalty they conceded, so you have some sympathies for the fact it was a penalty. But County were pressing hard and probably did deserve to get that goal, but I think it was extremely harsh on Thistle that they didn't manage to get away from Dingwall with three points, because I think, no, it wasn't in them, sorry, it was Mullow that went up there and beat them. But it's, I think it was harsh. They, they, was, they, were close to their first, they were that close to their first win and then just robbed of it, so... But on the balance, it was probably fair, yeah. Aidan, what do you think? Do you think Thistle deserved the three points? Do you think they should have got it? Um, I probably, looking at the stats, it probably should have been a draw, but I think Thistle probably did have better chances overall in the game and they were, were unlucky just to get, an end to get the point. But I think it's quite worried for Thistle at this stage. Like, they're five games in, they've only had a point. And that's a, a team you'd expect to maybe challenge for the top six and they're just not showing it this year so far so John James what do you think that do you think uh, Thistle does the hint a cause for concern there at Partick well, Thistle because they've not uh, won a game so this far this is their worst start to a league campaign since the 1980s as you were saying you said that they had like a, a very a very tough start it, it was difficult they played they played, they played uh, Celtic Celtic at home which they possibly could have sneaked a point out of that if they had taken their chances uh, they've played Aberdeen obviously but they were unfortunate not to get a point against Aberdeen at home as well uh, I can't think of who else immediately jumps to mind who they've played. St. Johnson, they've played St. Johnson, and they've played Hibs. So, yeah. other, than, other than Ross County, those other games, you wouldn't expect Thistle to win. They're not games that you'd be like, oh, Thistle should be turned up and winning those games. Against County, it's more of a, that's a team that County, they, Thistle are going to be around, so they should beat them. The other four, I don't think it's much of a concern, because they did give the other four a game. Like, it wasn't as if Aberdeen, Celtic, Hibs or St. Johnson blew them away, so to speak. But they'd be disappointed they couldn't get out the three points against Ross County. Yeah, because it doesn't get any easier. Because I've got Rangers on a double yeah. header in the League Cup and the League. So, of course, the League game's first in the League Cup, so yeah. it doesn't get any easier. I, I was making a point to you, though, that does does their horrible weeks, the, the horrible starts they'll get forgotten if part of this will make it to a semi-final? Because I, I think it does. I think if they make it to Hamden for the first time in however long... I think it will be quickly forgotten that they had a poor start to the league. If I'm being honest, right, um, I don't see Partick Thistle beating Rangers whatsoever. I just can't see it at all. Um, but I, for Partick Thistle, though, I think they've got enough in the tank 
for them to be able to stay in the Premiership this season. I think we've, I think we've said that before, but it's not been a great start they're whatsoever. Play, they're not playing bad football at all. There's, yeah. there's teams there's teams that are winning games that are playing worse are playing much worse football than Partick Thistle. And there's teams that are made just as bad as a start as Thistle. For example, well, uh, part, um, Mullow, Kilmarnock. Mullow, Mullow have went, was it they lost their first two? And then mm-hmm. now they've put, a, they've put three wins together and they're sitting in the top six. Yeah, and for example, look at Kilmarnock. Like, Kilmarnock aren't playing well and they're not picking up points. So, uh, then again, like, that, like as we were saying about Partick Thistle, they're playing, they aren't playing all that bad, and but they aren't picking up results. But then you look at Kilmarnock, they're not playing well at all and they're not picking up points. So, I think Thistle will be okay. As soon as, soon as they get that first win... That'll, that'll give that team a new lease of confidence, new lease of belief, and then I think they'll kick on, if I'm being honest. I'm just looking at the fixtures here, and they've got Rangers next up, so there after that it's Hearts, and then Motherwell away. So you think, when are they going to get this first one? Could it be probably Motherwell at the latest? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good point, See, Aiden, eh? As much as Hearts, obviously, obviously we'll get to I wouldn't be Hearts, as much as Hearts have shown improvement, they're still not the finished article. Like, they're still not like they could have easily beaten Aberdeen, and they could have, and they should have. But uh, they're not. They weren't clinical enough to to get the goal. They've they've dropped. My hearts have also lost to Mullow last week. It was no before the international break. Sorry. So they're still losing these points. Fizzle could easily turn up at. But well, it's at home, aren't they? Fizzle at home. So Fizzle could easily turn up, beat Hearts, beat Mullow, and then we're all talking about how Fizzle are now sitting in the top six and. Potentially in a semi final as well, but obviously that's depending on the result against Rangers. Yeah, because uh, so when we play Partick Thistle, when Rangers play Partick Thistle, it'll be at Fur Hill uh, both times. So. It all swings and roundabouts. Thistle could easily, for, I doubt it will happen, but Thistle could easily beat Rangers in the league, beat Rangers in the cup, and win their next two league games. We're sitting with a Thistle team in the top six on nine points, or no, ten points because they've got a point, and they're sitting in a semi final. <laughs> so their season could dramatically change. So Do you think there's any chance Thistle can beat Rangers or no? I think they'll lose the league game. I think the cup, the, when it comes out to the cup, it's all what it is. The cup, it's a cup game. Anything can happen in the cup. I would even give Dundee a slight chance against Celtic just because it's the cup. But who have Aberdeen got in the, Mother, the cup? Motherwell. Yeah. So Aiden Celtic have uh, Dundee, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be some a very intriguing uh, cup ties. So it will be. So Motherwell beat uh, Kilmarnock soon out the weekend. Another dismal performance from Kilmarnock. Yep. JJ, what is going on with Kelly right now? <laughs> Do you know what I just, a, Did you see uh, that Dominic or Dom Thomas, I mean, uh, in his interview? No, I didn't see it, no. Uh, obviously signed for, to, uh, signed for Kelly from Mullow. In his article, he was talking about how he was going to skin Craig Clay or something like that, the, one of the fullbacks from Mullow, and he was going to do all this. And, it, and it's just like, your team is sitting... In the low, low reaches of the league. And not even won a game. Not not even won a game. Mullow, who have just put two wins... Uh, won, two, they won the last two games. Won the last two games, and you're coming up with, and, and you're going back to Fur Park, and you're making these comments before you play them. It's like it's, not, it's almost as if he he seems cocky. It's like, you've not earned the right to be cocky. It's like, so I just don't understand why Lee McCall. I'm sure Lee McCall would be happy with that with that interview. Yeah, especially since uh, Motherwell beat them two 0 Yeah, and, and that, it just it, just it just looks silly now because Motherwell went out comfortably beat Kelly and Kelly are back in a poor situation and Motherwell are now sitting on three three straight wins. Exactly. Yeah. So Aiden, uh, another 
as I was just saying, another dismal performance uh, from Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock failed to create any real chances, failed to cause Dundee, uh, sorry, uh, Motherwell any real problems. What do you make of, what do you make of the Kilmarnock situation right now, Aidan? Do you think they'll be able to get out of this rut any time soon? I think they are in trouble. I mean, Lee McCulloch last season, he looked as if they were going to be quite steady under him, decently performed the league, but had a horrible start so far. And I've got a decent squad as well, so I don't know how they're only coming together and just grinding out results. It's just they've been very poor on all aspects so far. It doesn't get any easier as well because they're away to Aberdeen this weekend. Exactly, I know. <coughs> away to Aberdeen who they haven't beaten. We haven't, I don't think Aberdeen have been beaten by Motherwell in like the last 10 league fixtures or something like that. So, eh, come on, sorry. <coughs> so, it's not going to get any. Going to Petodre and Aberdeen side that's going to be hurting from dropping points. So, I don't, yeah, see, exactly. I don't see it getting any easier for Kelly. I think so, that game could ease if. Aberdeen play their potential and Kelly are as poor as they have been that could easily be a, a hammering yeah it's uh, not looking all that great for Kilmarnock right now but uh, for Motherwell Lou Moult 5 goals in 5 league games I think it's uh, fantastic for uh, for Motherwell that they were actually able to keep him uh, for this season it's, it's a dodgy situation though yeah so exactly because he's in his last year's contract scoring goals <coughs> but the way it's going just now they can potentially get a fee for him in January, but not as much they, right. as they could have got they in the summer. They won't anywhere near what Aberdeen were willing to pay. Like, I, would, I think Aberdeen were willing to pay somewhere in the region of four hundred to 500000 I think the most they'll get is potentially maybe a hundred and fifty. I would say. I, I, if they're lucky. It just seems like Motherwell were, as I said, I've said before, it seems like Motherwell were trying to play hardball with Aberdeen and it's massively backfired. And now Aberdeen have got a striker that is proven in the league. And didn't need to pay anywhere near the, the amount they paid for Louis Moult but I don't see where Kelly, uh, Kelly I keep getting them to mix up I don't see where Muddle get are going to get this massive fee that they were holding out for yeah because even you were saying Rangers are interested Rangers are not going to give them anywhere near the amount that Aberdeen were going to give them no especially with Rangers now sniffing around Walker who looks like they're going to go for in January I, I, wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't doubt that Rangers might offer Louis Moult and Jamie Walker a pre-contract in January and they walk away from Hearts for a compensation fee and muddle for nothing. Yeah, so exactly. That'd be a great bit, bit of business for I, Rangers. I, I, I don't see it. You, it's you that said that. I don't believe William Moult's going to end up at Rangers. Well, I just need to wait and see because. But yeah, it'll be if interesting. Morelis keeps scoring the way he's going, Rangers wouldn't need. And see, I, I, I should have mentioned this on the Rangers segment, right? But as much as I love Kenny Miller, see, at the weekend, that was the worst I've seen Kenny Miller in uh, a long, long time. He was. He was poor, he had a great chance, I'll briefly mention this, he had a great chance uh, in the second half, Windass passed the ball to him, he was unmarked and he should have buried it and he just hit it straight at the goalkeeper and I was like, that's not Kenny Miller. So Rangers will be in the market, I think, for another striker uh, in January, I think they will be. But yeah, um, I think, see if uh, Motherwell got rid of Louis in the summer, I honestly think right now, they would be lingering around the relegation zone. Well, they would have still had a f- near enough full summer to bring in another striker. I think the point was they, it was too late now to replace Lomo's goals so late on. Yeah, but see, just say they got rid of him towards uh, the end of the transfer window. I think if they'd have sold him in July or June or whatever, then they would have had a few months to prepare. But I think because the bids were coming in in August, that they were kind of thinking we don't have enough time to get in a proven striker. Yeah, like so that's the thing. No, like them keeping Louis Moult is massive for them because he is by far their best player. And like if they if Motherwell get, end up getting rid of him in January or whatever, they need to get a, a like a decent enough replacement in because. Where are the goals going to come from? If Lou is away, or if he's not playing right, or if he gets injured, whatever, where are the goals going to come from in this Motherwell side? Mm. 
I, exactly, I know. Right, right. Well, Are you Aiden? On you go. I was going to say that partnership with Moulton and Bowman you now seems like it's working for them. I think they're all, probably a work in progress. I think they're all going to have a good season. They're only going to get better. But if they get decent amount, decent amount of goals out of Moulton this season, then I think they would be happy that they didn't sell them. Yeah, like Bowman, uh, I think Bowman is like... He's a good partner, yeah. but he's not a goal scorer. He, he scores, I don't he think scores he can, the auto. Yeah, I don't think Bowman could be the guy that can lead the line on his own. He's not going to get anywhere near the amount of goals that Ole Moult does. Like, he, he'll, he'll probably grab it. He'll probably be, be lucky if he pushes into double figures. Meanwhile, Moult will get double figures. Like, he's already halfway to double figures. So exactly. he will get it, but Bowman is iffy if he'll get it. He's yeah. a good partner for him. I don't think he could do it himself though. Yeah, I think if uh, Motherwell, really hmm? oh, sorry, uh, two seconds. I, I don't think it all really depends on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I uh, see if Motherwell, <laughs> if Motherwell end up getting just say he goes. If no, the fact, sorry, I'll go back to this. See if Louis Moult went in the summer. They, as I was saying, I think they would be lingering around that relegation zone. But see, since they managed to keep a hold of them, I think Motherwell will be nowhere near the relegation zone this season as they were. Like, of course, they were near enough that they got about to finish in the playoffs last year. But see, since I've managed to keep Lumo, I think they will be fine. So, yeah, overall, uh, Motherwell, it was a... Oh, sorry, Aidan, sorry, apologies. What were you going to say, mate? Sorry, it's just that uh, I think all depends on who they get to replace Mo when he does go, wherever it is. Yeah. And they find a good striker who can play well on his own or even with a partner. Yeah. So I think if they find a good mix, then Mull will be okay. But it's just going to be a really hard task for them to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but overall it was a really good Mullerwell performance. But where did Kamara go for here? Like what? <laughs> what? I know. I know. John James, you're uh, quite a big advocate for Hamilton and Kamara going down, as you're not a huge fan of the plastic pitches. No, absolutely despise plastic pitches. I think it limits it limits the players that can play on it because I've said numerous times before, St. Johnson, their player is that uh, Stephen McLean finished their top finished their top goal scorer. Can't play on plastic. Yeah, they, they, St. Johnson cannot play him because he'll get injured. And it limit, it like, it just, I know the argument is, oh, players don't get injured on it because David Templeton had injury problems and he's able to play for Hamilton perfectly fine. But is his injury problems knee problems? Is that is it specific knee? or is it just? I do remember, see, uh, back in the fourth division, David Templeton, Templeton was playing against Annan and it was a plastic pitch. Mm-hmm. It's, Temple, Templeton got injured on that and then he was never the same player ever since he got that injury. It's, so it's, The plastic pitches, it limits the... The, the players because if you're an older player you're not going to want to play in a harsh tough because like, there's no give you know, like, on the grass you kind of sink in on Astrof he's not sinking in so yeah see there's more negatives than positives for uh, plastic pitches Aidan do you agree with me and John James plastic pitches uh, should be gone uh, I, 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 I shouldn't be allowed in the league I think Brendan Rodgers is relatively play players like Simunovic on Dave as well because he has a, a history of injuries and just, I don't even know the main reason they have it, they say it's the same money, but there's other things saying that it's just hard to easily maintain, but I think there's teams in championship league one who have it and they cope with it, so I don't see why these bigger teams that have one can't see feel the need for it. I have witnessed Kilmarnock driving a truck on their 4G park. So <laughs> 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 like, I remember Michael Stewart made a great point on sports scene when he said plastic pitches. Like no team in a no team in the SPFL should have a plastic pitch, especially in the Premier League, eh, the top league in Scottish football. That's just a no goer because it's as I was saying. There's more negatives than positives, and I actually don't hear the only argument I hear for plastic pitches is, oh, it saves money. That's it. 
but it does more bad than good. I get, I get where Hamilton are coming from. Right, that's that's where I get that their team is based around. Oh, our whole, our, our our youth teams can all train on that park, and we don't have to worry about it getting dug up or whatever. Right, so I'll give Hamilton a pass because Hamilton are more of a community club, and they're they're a smaller club than anyone else as well. But Kilmarnock, <laughs> I don't hear the stories of them allowing all their youth teams to train on that and play on that. So I don't see the point. Kilmarnock didn't even have a bad surface. Mm-hmm. Like, like Muddle, see if Muddle had went and got a plastic pitch, I could understand it because their pitch was horrible. Yeah, it was for, really bad for, for a while. S- for so many years. Do you remember games had to get postponed uh, because their pitch was that bad? I think that can be dated back to when Gretna had to play on that as well. Remember when both of them were playing on it and then it kind of got really, really dug up. But then they fixed it and their pitch is perfectly fine. So I don't understand what Kelly's, Kelly's reasoning is for it because they don't use it for anything else. Mm-hmm, exactly. So uh, Celtic beat Hamilton four uh, one on Friday night. It was quite a dominant performance from uh, from Celtic. Aidan, what did you make of the, the Celtic performance? You were at uh, the game, so you were. So what did you think? Uh, I thought it was quite good considering it was on the classic pitch. It was four. Celtic never really come out setting gear on the classic pitch, but I was really impressed with played. New formation. It was three four three. And uh, I think that's one we could possibly use in the future because we had Forrest and Roberts making a second debut in the team, which they never really done a lot of last season because basically they played the same positions. So I was impressed. And uh, Odson as well made his debut in school, and I thought he was man of the match. He seems like a good match between Dembele and Griffiths. got the pace of Griffiths, but a lot of the power of Dembele. So mm-hmm. I think it would be great for us this season as a good option to have. So what do you prefer then, the four two three one or the three four three? I think there's room for both of them, depending on who we're playing. Do you think Celtic could get away with playing three at the back against a team like Rangers or Aberdeen? I think they could, depending. I think they should maybe start with four at the back, and then you if know, the game isn't if going their way, they could possibly change it. Do you not? Do you not think? Do you not think though that team like Rangers, now Aberdeen this season anyway have been. A lot of their focusing on their wing players, but who can cause damage? And surely playing three at the back can open Celtic up to the pace of Candias, the Scott Wrights. That, that opens them up to that. Mm-hmm. So, and it's unnecessary to take risks against a team where you could just play a flat back, back four anyway. Mm-hmm. It would seem like a risk, but it's a risk Celtic. Yeah, because is. see, uh, last e- uh, for example, Rangers last season, we weren't much, as, much of a threat down uh, the wings. But see, this season though, of course, I mean quite critical, critical of us down the left hand side, but see down the right hand side, obviously we've got Candias who's starting to come onto a game and he can cause defensive problems as as we've seen at the weekend there. So it is like if Celtic do play a three four three against like for example a Rangers or a Aberdeen who are quite like a Rangers are a threat down the right hand side and Aberdeen are a threat down both hand sides. So it'll be quite it'll be quite a risk to play three at the back against uh, teams that can cause problems down the down the wings. Don't you think? Ian? I think so, but we play a three-four-three three with wing backs basically because we've got Tierney on the left and Mostig on the right, and they're not just staying centre back; they're going up the wings and also attack. And I think they also go in the wings and defend as well, but it should be good against wingers. So I think well, someone who stays centre, and then you sometimes get like Brown coming back to play an animal defensive position. So I think it probably could. I don't think other teams attacking wingers would really change the format that much. I mm-hmm. think it'd be worth a try at some point in one of these big games coming up. Um, so, it was just uh, going back to the Hamilton game there, Scott Sinclair, I thought, was just 
utterly dominant uh, for Celtic, causing Hamilton all sorts of problems. What a signing this guy has proved to be for you, Zane, honestly. He's just fantastic. Believe it or not, there was people at the start of this season saying he's not really shown it so far, but he's, I think it's eight goals so far this season, and for only at the start of September, so I had a lot of doubters when he came up last season, but he's proved them all wrong after I'd been player of the year last season, so I think it's only going to get better. I've said to you before that the Celtic Player of the Year award has a curse. Yeah, you did, that's right, aye. <laughs> but I really can't see it affecting Sinclair this season. Yeah, because Scott Sinclair is just like I said. To, I said to you last season. Said this on the podcast as well. Like, see Scott Sinclair. I think he is hands down comfortably Celtic's best player. And and see Mister Dembele. As good as he is, there's ah in my opinion, right? I know I've had a lot of people disagree with me about this. I don't think there's a, there's no Mister Dembele without a Scott Sinclair. Because Scott Sinclair is just he's Celtic's go-to guy. He is the guy that creates everything for Celtic. Just bum, he just terrorizes defenses. And but do you think Celtic will be able to keep a hold of Scott Sinclair in? I think he's had his time in England and I don't think really players would want to take a risk on an ageing winger like that. I mean, if he seems comfortable in Scotland, I suppose like a lower end Premier League side come in for him, but he's had done all that, would he really want to experience a game like he did like Aston Villa and not getting anywhere near the team? The I think argument, he's found a new, the new way to play Celtic and he enjoys it at the moment. The argument that you can make that he why would he want to leave Celtic is who is he going to sign for that he's going to get to play Champions League football? Mm. He's, he's getting to play Champions League football. He's getting to the latter stages of cup competitions. Why would you go back to England where he's not going to get to play? Well, unless he signs for... He's, no, he's not going to sign for a team like Tottenham or Liverpool or anyone like that. He's not going to get Champions League football in England. He's not going to get Europa League football in England. Why would you leave? Mm. Why would you leave to sign for a club that's going to be bottom, bottom of the league or not bottom of the league bottom half in the Premier League at best than play Champions League football with, uh, with Celtic and win trophies mm-hmm. so Johnny a no brainer uh, there was a debate on Totsport uh, last week so it was, so there was and honestly I was just going, out, going along to college heard it on Totsport I was like come on really Scott Sinclair for England I'll start with you John James Scott Sinclair for England you said off pod absolutely no chance I know there's no chance that he's the there's the days of any player in the Scottish leagues getting a cap for for England is long gone. Because I'm pretty sure that Forster not actually have to leave Celtic to get a cap, or did he get a cap? No, he got. A, he got, I think he got a cap while he was still at Celtic. Did he, did he get a cap while he was there? Yeah. I don't think he could make an appearance, but he did get called off the World Cup squad while he was at Celtic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure he came on in a friend. I'm not too sure. I'm positive he actually got a cap while he was still playing at Celtic. Uh, it was at the, the least, I think, but. I'm yeah. Sure so, well, with with exception of a goalkeeper who England notoriously have a a problem with their goalkeepers not being able to perform, but who Sinclair's not going to play over uh, guys like Raheem, like Raheem Sterling, Sterling. He's not. Alana. He's he's not going to play over all them because they're playing for Liverpool's the like big teams in England. Yeah. They're, they're not and Sinclair. I, I don't know if Sinclair's ever been capped by England. Has he been capped? Yeah, by I'm sure he has. I think he's had one or two. His best chance at playing for England was when he was playing for probably Swansea because that was probably the best football he's played. He was playing in England. Mm-hmm. That funny the, the Welsh team, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't I don't see him getting anywhere near the Scott uh, the England squad. No, not I mean, at all. I mean he's good. Yes, he's very much one of Celtic's best players, but. Being one of Celtic's best players and English is not going to get you in the England squad. So. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think in my opinion he is the best player in Scotland right now, right? But 
that's not enough for him to get an England squad. Because he, as I've said, as you were just saying, look at the players he got ahead of him. Scott Sinclair, as good as he is, he's not any better than Raheem Sterling's, like the Raheem Sterling's or the Adam Milan's, etc. He's not any better than them. So, what about you, Aidan? Do you think Scott Sinclair should be an England squad? I think England have too many young prospects coming up, like Sterling and uh, obviously Chamberlain, who are in well in front of him. Yeah. I'm not saying he should be in it, but there's as a snobbery like down in like, all they play in Scotland and that was good. He, I think we're so in like a hat trick every game and he would still wouldn't get a call up. I think it's just because he plays in Scotland. Yeah, see for example, just say Scott Sinclair went down to a team like Southampton or or Burnley, for example, right? A team like that, right? And he was playing well week in, week out, creating uh, like getting assists, uh, getting goals. I think he would actually get a call up because he's in the spotlight uh, of uh, like the English media it's, and he's playing in the EPL, so I think he would actually get a call up. It's weird though because you could argue, he'd, I'll be careful with how I word it, it's weird because there's probably more pressure playing for Celtic than there would be playing for a team like West Brom or Southampton. Exactly. Because Celtic, every game they go into, they're expected to win. Yeah. Champions League, they're expected to <coughs> always compete. Yeah. And every... Celtic fan rightly so expects Celtic to be involved in every showpiece event in Scotland. Yeah. So there's more pressure for him. If he played for Southampton, he wouldn't be expected to score a goal or get an assist or win a cup every season. And it's there is more pressure at Celtic, and that's I agree with Aidan. The snobbery is there's a, I'd say there's a lot more pressure on teams in Scotland, like the bigger teams, to succeed than there what there is in the tape sides like Southampton and. It's less pressure for them because obviously there's the superpowers at the top of the league. Yeah. No one's going to get near their financial power. But playing for one of the bigger teams in Scotland, you're expected to be there. The fans expect you to win. Yeah. And that's so it's weird. Yeah. They like, do look down, but like, see for example, even like players that sign for the old firm, right? That come up from down south. Like when see when once you're in that Glasgow bubble, that old firm bubble, you're scrutinised by the media. Like, for example, look at Joey Bartman, he came up, right, he had a decent enough career in England, he comes up here, he's gone by October, right, it just shows you that these players who have a decent career down south, these English players, and they come up and sign for one the old firm, at times it doesn't work out, because when you play with Rangers and Celtic, they're massive, massive clubs, and, they're, and I think John James and Aidan Hughes will agree, Rangers and Celtic are bigger than the majority of teams in England, actually, so... When you come up here, it's just it's totally different from down south, and you are scrutinised. But every little thing you do, you are scrutinised, analysed, and the the pressure does get to you. So it's it's like a, it's a whole it's a it's completely different when you sign from an old firm from when you play down south. It's a whole different ball game. So are we speaking about Hamilton? Oh Hamilton, <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, so Hamilton, yeah. I, I, uh, I don't, I don't think Hamilton can be. Even though I will disagree, I said it to you. See, for anyone, I think I don't know if it, I think it was Chris Sutton. That I don't know if he tried to give Hamilton a sort of double-sided compliment by saying, "Oh, Hamilton drew the second half." It's like, come on, let's not be praising. That's patronising. Well, that is patronising. See, see if I, like, even it doesn't matter if you're an Aberdeen fan, Hearts fan, Rangers fan, Hamilton fan, or a Queens Park fan. See if you're getting told, oh, you drew the second half against Celtic, and, like, and? <laughs> you still lost, you still lost, what, 4-1? So, it's really just pointless. Yeah. You don't get you don't get a point for drawing, a, you don't get half a point for drawing a second half against Celtic. I can't believe you said that, that's so patronising. In, in my opinion, that's quite disrespectful to Hamilton as well. It's patronising, but it's the way, it's just the sad state of affairs right now when Celtic are so far ahead that 
drawn a second half of them is considered a... See if I ever hear Pedro Cassinha come out and say, uh, if he can be by Celtic and I ever hear Pedro Cassinha say, oh well we drew the second half, I want him gone. I don't want to ever hear something like that. But yeah, Aidan, what do you make of that? Do you think that was a wee bit patronising from uh, Chris Sutton by saying uh, Hamilton at least drew the second it, I half? Bo- I believe it was Chris Sutton. I, I, Is it Chris Sutton? I believe yeah. it was. Sounds like something you would say. Uh, well, Celtic just hang me. Uh, they attacked the full game. I don't think Hamilton came in real close to getting a result of that. Even in the second half, well, oh. they did draw with Celtic. Yeah. But I think Celtic had numerous chances to put the game far to bed at that point. Yeah, because Hamilton were it's Hamilton were expected to get beat anyway. It's like because Celtic are like everyone going out that game, like knew like Celtic were going to win that because obviously they drew St Johnson. They had to make a statement right away, get back to winning ways, and they've done that in uh, a good fashion. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give Hamilton a, a less uh, patronising compliment and say that I actually thought they competed quite well for see until Celtic started like see when Celtic grabbed the game by the scruff and then they went two 0 up. I think that was when it was kind of like right Hamilton are going to need to now do a bit of damage limitation. But, but see, up until Celtic got that first goal, Hamilton were competing quite well. Like, it was quite a back and forth game. Like, it was, it was, it was largely a dominated, a, a midfield dominated battle that was going on. But Hamilton were a few times kind of countered Celtic, and again that free, the free to back kind of looked a bit exposed when Hamilton were going. But Hamilton said a, a better side would have a bit more quality and be a bit more faster going forward. But Hamilton won the ball a few times and looked like they were going forward, giving Celtic have something to think about. But. Ultimately, Celtic get that goal, and then that Hamilton kind of need to then go into their shell a wee bit just to weather the storm. But mm-hmm. I think Hamilton accounted themselves quite well for the first 20 25 minutes, and then Celtic kind of Celtic just went and done quality, nothing. Quality yeah. showed, especially yeah. we haven't played like haven't Pat, uh, Pat Roberts back as well. That's one of those that's massive Celtic. It's yeah. one of those players. I think there was a moment in the first half when he got the ball and a seemingly pointlessly. Nothing's gonna happen. In position he pegs the fullback and ends up in the, in the box. Yeah, and that's just the sort of thing that that sort of player brings. And other Celtic, Celtic have those sort of players that other teams don't. So. Celtic have so many players, so many creative players going forward. So they do, and that's where they're that, That's where they're really strong uh, in their team. And the, the strongest part of their team is them in the final third, yeah. and especially in the midfield. But as I mean, you've been uh, very critical of Celtic's defence. I'm still unsure. The, uh, the, the, yeah. the jury's still out on their defence. Oh, of defense. course, yeah. But going forward, those Celtic are absolutely fine. So moving on from uh, the Hamilton game, we'll talk about a bit about the Celtic PSG game this Tuesday. So Aidan, uh, how are you feeling about that? Forward line of all time, I think Celtic are going to have a tough time, especially saying the weekend. Yes, Parkhead. Uh, Aye, Parkhead. Uh, you'll be in, a, in attendance, Aidan, yeah? Uh, I will be. I've got my free match package, so I'll do it at I think, as you were saying, the weakest part of Celtic team is the defence, and when you're coming against players like Mbappe, Neymar, Kimani, they're going to be in for a very tough night. So I think if Celtic do want a result out of the game, they're going to have to be on the and that's only three names that's mentioned, you're not talking about exactly. the players. Exactly, you've got that's Danny Alves. <laughs> that's not, you know. And the players will be on. And the lucky Exactly, yeah. And I think Pastore. I think Pastore will be on the bench, so. Oh, yeah. Exactly. quality to bring on. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> so, Aidan, how would you line up? Uh, so if you, if, or how would you like, like to see Celtic line up on Tuesday night? What formation would you go for? Who's up top, Lee Griffiths or that new signing? Who's up top, the new striker or, or Lee Griffiths? Well, I could 
see both of them. Obviously, they're clearly getting Griffiths did miss Friday, which he's had a lot of game time recently, especially for Scotland as well. So I'd probably start with Griffiths because he's experienced these nights at Celtic Park and he can make a difference. Well, the Hodgson's just came in, and I don't think this is a good time to throw in a new young player against his, his, like this. Against his current club. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose he would know more about the players, how they play, but no, I, don't think he's, I think I would like to see him play a part of the game, but no, not starting, definitely not. Aidan, don't you think, in just my opinion, if you just play a 4 2 3 1, that's like uh, PSG can really hot Celtic in wide areas? If they, if they, well, do you really think that's a wee, a wee bit risky playing that kind of system against a, a top class team like PSG especially how uh, like how much quality they've got in the final third I would I would have said that normally but like recent last season we played five at the back against Barcelona and we got beat 7-0 so yeah. I think it's important for Celtic just go out play the way they normally play and that's what will slightly advance there's no point in giving them a totally new formation they play for one game mm-hmm. just to try and scrape a draw out no, I think you should actually go for it. They came so far to get these big nights and made so far a goal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Aidan, what's your prediction for Tuesday night? <laughs> or tomorrow? <laughs> I'm going to go for one each. I think a Celtic with a crowd behind them. This is a new PSG game team. The players, new players in, and I think if we get an early good start, then... I can see it's possibly going to draw. That's just my heart saying that, though. Anything happens, I'll take a Champions League night, so that will mm. go either way. John James, what's your prediction? I, I can see PSG running absolute riot. Oh. I think, I think no matter how defensive Celtic try and be, I think PSG is just going to find a way. And I can honestly see struggling, Celtic struggling to keep it under 3-0. Um, I, as you were just saying, I think PSG will be... They've got too much quality in the final third. And Celtic's defence is not great by any means. And I think uh, PSG will have a lot of fun with that Celtic defence. So I'm going to go with a, a 3-1 PSG win. Uh, so St so Johnston drew with Hibs uh, at the weekend, so they did. Uh, I'll start with you, Aidan. What do you make of it? Um, St Johnston were not great, but they still managed to get a point, And that's what they're best at. What do you make of the game? Um, I think that was probably a fair result. I mean, these are two teams you'd be expecting to finish in the top six, and I think they really battled for a point, both the teams, so I think that was probably a fair result. Well, um, St George were a bit unlucky with a goal, because it was a own goal for Peyton, obviously, but yeah. I think if he did do that, then Stokes was just hitting the back of the net, so uh, I think both teams had decent chances and probably reflected the score. So that's uh, John, uh, John James, that's three games without a win for uh, Hibs. Cause for concern? No, not at all. There's I think so. No, co- no cause for concern. I mean, Hibs are just adapting, they they're just adapting to the Premier League again. They had, they had the, the very fast start to the league, I think that gave, that gave the media a bit, of, a bit of excitement. Like They seemed to think that Hibs were going to do something special. Because even Lennon, even Lennon got a bit cocky last season when... Uh, I wouldn't have just beaten them in the Scottish Cup semi-final and he was saying that Hibs were good enough to come up and finish second straight away but I think in the Lennon kind of realised in the summer that there was a bit more of a daunting task than what he first thought and I think he's, he's started to he's, he's feet's firmly back on the ground and thinking Hibs are going to they're all going to have to work but they'll be, they'll be in the top six there's too much quality in that side to them not finish in the top six hey. Um, but Hibs, so I've conceded a goal every league game so far they've played, right? 
and see if I'm being honest, right? If I were a Hibs fan, I would be extremely concerned by that. There's considered I go every game. They've won two games, but like I know, like they can pose a threat going forward. But defensively, so far this season, they've been utterly poor. Hey, what do you think, Aidan? Do you agree? I kind of yeah, but it's the kind of same Celtic. They've got that many attacking options that. They just need to score more goals and concede. <laughs> I know it's not a good way to look at a team playing, but that's just the most important thing. And I think they will hopefully defensive got at the moment. We've got Effie Ambrose. I mean, there's a bit of a jokey type of but he has played big games. He's an experienced defender. I think that's a good thing. Stephen Work as well. He's a lot of this experience. He's maybe not the best start, but I think the defence is okay. And if you consider a lot of attacking options as well. Yeah, because on paper, when you look at that Hibs defence, right, you got all, you got Paul Hanlon, you got McGregor, you got Wicket, uh, Stephen Whitaker, you got David Gray. On paper, that should be a solid, steady defence. But so far, since the season started, it's been absolute shambles. John James, what's your thoughts? I think if you look at all the teams, if you look at all these teams that should have a solid defence, you'll see they've been conceding silly goals. But then again, though, at least managed to keep a clean sheet. Hibs have not. But, but if you look at it, though, Aberdeen conceded three goals against Partick Thistle. But you have still managed to get a clean sheet. And you won that game, though. No, we won the game, yeah, right. But that's because I wouldn't have better attacking options than Hibs. I wouldn't go forward at a better team than Hibs. But they're both... The, the Hibs, the problem they're not having is they're not scoring enough goals to win the game. If if Hibs were winning these games 4-3 like Aberdeen did, no one would be talking about how bad this defence is. They'd just be talking about how Hibs had a exciting game who they won. But if you look at Rangers as well, Rangers' defence is prone to some mis- uh, some mistakes and lapses. Celtic's defence this season has been prone to some defense- like bad decisions and lapses. It's just that Hibs have been getting punished for it a lot more than what the other three have. But see, I would also make this argument though, right? The Hibs have won two league games so far this season, right? Out um, of five. Out of five. Yeah, but I, I, know, I know it's five, yeah, I know, I know it's five only, games in, right? I've only lost one. I know it's only <laughs> five games in, right? But I'll make this argument, right? Against Partick Thistle, they were, they were fine, got the three points. Against Rangers, I thought, in my opinion, they won that game by dubious circumstances, through that red card. And then right after that, they got beat by Hamilton 3 0. I think it was 3 0, 3 1. 3 1. 3 1, sorry, 3 1. Then they drew with Dundee. Then they drew at the weekend there. It's. Everyone's raving about, oh, Hibs have made a decent start. Mm. Well, I'm if, not too sure. Well, if a newly promoted side, any other side other than Hibs, had came up and had, what, taken how many points? Eight? I think it's seven or eight. On. If, if, if any other newly, eight, eight point, eight point, eight if points. any newly promoted side had come up and taken eight points from the first five games, it's a decent start. But I would also make that argument though, right? The we only have, reason it's different for Hibs is because Hibs are seen as a bigger club. That's why it's seen as a not as great. But it's they're newly promoted. See side. when they got beat off Hamilton, no three now three one. Sorry, when they got beat off Hamilton three one at Easter Road, that is, and everyone said, oh, that was a fluke game. I would be, that's quite alarming by getting, like, because Hamilton, uh, we've been very critical of Hamilton on the podcast, conceding three goals against Hamilton, right, at Easter Road and losing the game, that's that's poor, that is really poor in my opinion. Aidan, what do you think? I think that was more down to Hamilton's great start to the season so far, they were relegation candidates, they had that point to prove, and they just had a great performance. I think Habs will be okay in the long term, I think they will be up top six, but I don't think people should look at any of these performances that much. I think they will gel in the Premiership eventually and start getting results in the every games they should be winning. Yeah, I think everyone's overly scrutinising how bad it's been because Hibs, Hibs for the last three years have been playing championship level teams where they can make these mistakes and they won't. They will go unpunished. It's just a case that they need to realise these mistakes will be punished because they're not playing Dumbarton anymore. And even, even to a certain extent, when they're playing Hamilton, 
Hamilton are a step up from Dumbarton. It's a different level, it's a different calibre opponent. And there's certainly a difference between playing Rafe Rovers and Celtic or Aberdeen or Rangers. Do so you think Hibs have any chance of finishing the top four? Yeah, I think they do. I think I, I think uh, uh, I think the top six, I think the top three positions will be between Celtic, Aberdeen, and Rangers. I mean, that's I think Aberdeen. Uh, I think the top the top three. I think is already cemented. Celtic, Aberdeen, Rangers. Well, hopefully, that's hopefully it's Rangers. Uh, Celtic, Aberdeen. That's <laughs> the, that's the, <laughs> be not optimistic. I will. I Obviously, we're, we're acting as if Celtic have won the league already. Celtic are on point level one points with Aberdeen right now, so we're still there. Three points behind. Rangers <laughs> are coming. But. Uh, I think the top three will be it will it will be Celtic Rangers and Aberdeen. That's the they're the teams that have more quality than the rest. Uh, the the only problem is obviously Celtic a bit more defensively solid. Rangers and Aberdeen their problem is they still concede silly goals. Uh, Hibs, Hearts and St Johnston they'll be the ones going for for fourth in that last European spot. And if that was those teams, they could easily be looking at a cup a cup final as well. There's a lot of quality in that top six. There's a lot of quality in the league right now. So there's. A lot of teams that could be they're shouting for those positions, but I think ultimately it will be the two Edinburgh clubs and St Johnston that are looking for that that fourth spot. So Aidan, when you make uh, Hibs being able to keep a hold of John McGinn, and uh, he's going to be there by the looks of things for another season, what do you think? I think uh, he was a big player for them last season. I've not really seen a lot of McGinn to justify all these price tag. I think he's never had a proper season to show what he can do in the top round. Did it St Mirren, but that was a real one and nobody really looked at him as if this is going to be one of Scotland's best players in the future. Yeah, and I think over the last couple of seasons he's been in the Championship, so... I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's looked like an absolute workhorse this season. I mean, from the, the little I've seen him, he looks like he puts in a power of work. I've not seen the, the I've seen flashes of his, his ability but I've, the work he put in he's been putting in is quite something he's box to box that's for sure yeah I thought he had a decent game at the weekend though but for Steve uh, for C, um, like for example see Neil Lennon see how much he's actually touted McGinn for I think that's way too much what? I think uh, did Aidan you not tell me that uh, what was it I think Neil Lennon actually came out and said he wouldn't accept anything less than 5 million or something did you not tell me that he did done BT Sport last season in the playoffs, I think. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think you're... I think you're, I think you're Surely that was tongue-in-cheek, it has to be. I think <laughs> I, but what do, you, what do you want? Do you want Do you want a Scottish manager to come out and t- sit, sell that? Oh, I'll, tell, I'll sell one of my best players on the cheap. It's like, look, How much do you think he's actually worth? I honestly think that Hibs could easily get £3 million for him. Oh, no. no you're not in the slightest, I don't think. I would say just over a million. So, if you're looking, if you're looking at what... How, the, for example, uh, Roberts... How much did he move to uh, Man City for? How much is it? Was it ten million? Fifteen million? What team was it? What team was it? It was it was from Fulham, Fulham to City. So yeah. if if they're able to sell there, and I know it's a different market, and you can sell that, why can't Scottish teams put the same ridiculous asking prices on our young talented players? But how, for example, John McGinn's been in the championship last. Uh-huh. Two seasons, right? He's came up to the Premiership. Patrick Roberts didn't play in the Premier League when he signed. But he was playing. He was playing the English Championship a though. Poor, a poor Fulham side who were in the lower reaches of the Championship at the time. But still, though, it's a much better standard of league. And he, you see the players at the foot in that Fulham team. Of course, it'd be why, much better than his team in that. Why should, right now, actually, why should or our, even that time. Why should our clubs shortchange themselves just because English clubs don't want to pay an appropriate fee for our youngsters? But, like when you look at what what uh, like see John McGinn, you're saying three million for John McGinn, John McGinn, right? Based on what though? Like based on what? Like a couple of good seasons. Based on the fact he's a Scotland international when he wasn't even playing in the top division of the, uh, his country. Like, that's a, like, that's a thing. And why? he's like, one of the best players in, in, in that team. Like, and he's still young. Why? See, when you're calling up John McGinn, 
Like, why is John McGinn getting called up to the Scotland right. squad? Right, listen, right. Let's see if John McGinn's getting called up to the Scotland squad. Why are guys like Ryan Jack, Cal McGregor not getting called up? And it's about Ian Ken McLean as well. Why? I think those three players are comfortably better than John McGinn. I th- I'm not getting into I'm not getting into the poor selection issues because we could be here all night talking about why certain players don't get picked for Scotland. But the fact of the matter is, see, right. So you now Rangers have got Morelis. He's what twenty one. Mm-hmm. Right, so he's not a Scottish youngster, but say an English club came in for him and were like, Rangers will give you one point five million. You wouldn't take that. See if you, like, of course it's still early on, but see, just say he's on like twenty goals uh, in January, right? right? Of course I would want a bit more. Than so you wouldn't, accept, you, wouldn't uh, accept, you wouldn't accept the lowest amount. So why should Hibs then be willing to do business when Nottingham Forest were mucking Hibs about with the fee as well that they were like, we'll give you uh, eight hundred thousand and it will go up to one point five million add-ons. That is not a good deal for Hibs. They've already gave Jason Cummins away for what I thought was a low fee as well, considering the amount of goals he'd scored. He would, if 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 you're looking if the point you're making is why were Hibs wanting a bigger fee when he's not no, playing the top Premiership? Jason Cummins consistently hit twenty goals a season and was and they got one point three million for him. But see, that's no, short change. See what Adam was saying there about what Neil Lennon said on BT Sport. See if it was like see if that was not tongue in cheek. He should, he should not be saying that. Really, like five million for John again? Come on. Like, I would say, at best, they can just get over a million for him. Nah, no chance that they get over a million. Hibs wouldn't sell him for that, because they don't need to well, sell him. Well, they're still coming for that, for a light 1.2. I, I think That's there's... what I don't understand. Like, if they're not going to change for McGinn, why did they do it for Cummings? And Cummings was... Is, crucial player. Is that like Aiden? Like, Aiden, uh, uh, sorry, uh, J- Jason Cummings was Hibs' best player. Then he sold him for 1.2 million. I think, I think we saw towards the tail end of last season. I don't think... We've seen it when Jason Cummings was not starting games and he was a sub I honestly think there was a wee bit of uh, a friction between him and Lennon there was yeah, I actually looked I've done a wee bit of research into that I think it, the reason Lennon dropped Cummings was because Cummings was obviously getting a big yeah. head and like, you can tell he's quite a cocky guy so he was obviously getting a big head and I thought like when you look at it I can understand Lennon's reason for doing it to bring him back down, bring uh, Cummings back down to reality and say here you're not the, the next big thing yet you're not like a superstar like and that's him just giving him a reality check so I can understand why Lennon would do something like that you know I think that what realistically is Neil Lennon pretty much told I don't know if it's Rod Petrie or Leanne Dempster that's in charge of the it's Leanne Dempster yeah I don't know if he's maybe told her that he's been he's thinking cash in on him now because maybe his attitude isn't right and we'll get a higher fee for him if he's actually scoring goals than if I fall out with him so I think it was more, they cashed in, they cut their losses and they took it. I still think they could have got more, but they don't need to do that for John McGinn because jo- I think well, John McGinn's not the same character that Jason Cummins is. He seems like a hard-working young football player. And he plays an important role in that Hibs team as well. And he, if he went to another team, he'd play an important role in that because he'd be in the middle, of the, the middle of the pitch. So I think you could ask for that. He's an international at not playing in the Premiership. If he's in the Premiership and constantly playing, possibly if Hibs get in Europe, he'll play European football. I don't see why you couldn't add on. Do you know how you just said? Do you, do you know how you just said he was an international? It's not been captured. Did John McGinn John McGinn play against Denmark today? Oh, so he did. Did he? Um, yeah. Did he? So he did actually. John John, so he did. John McGinn came on against Denmark. So, so don't did. try and correct me when I know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I've said before in the pod, I think John McGinn's a tad overrated. I don't I think do. he's overrated. I, I, think, I think the job he does is massively underrated because he does the dirty work that you don't see the other players doing. You don't see. You don't see Martin Boyle, you don't see uh, Danny Swanson, you don't see do- him doing them doing the job that he does. Do you know who else does that? 
Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack does that, and he's not even in the Scotland setup, which I find so, baffling. So, so what your point is, Ryan Jack does a job that's less clamorous, so you can't then say... No, 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 all I'm saying is, right, my whole argument, as we're just speaking about there, was the fee that Neil Lennon was wanting. He, I think, as Aidan said, like £5 million. So how much on. would you want for Ryan Jack? Ryan Jack right now? Well, it's still early on. I don't, I don't want to get rid of Ryan Jack. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I want it with Steve so Rangers for a number of years. You're not willing to put a price on him. Lennon did. Lennon was willing to put a price Five on him. Five million. You know, surely it had to be tongue-in-cheek. Lennon, it had was, to be. Lennon was willing to make a, a snap judgement. Meanwhile, you aren't willing to do it on Ryan Jack. So. I don't want I mean, Ryan Jack I, to go. I think that's... I don't... Right, so honestly, right. volumes of your character. What do you mean? You're not willing to put a price on him. Fine, I'll put a price on Ryan Jack. Right, I see if a team came in for Ryan Jack. Right, How much would I want for Ryan Jack? Because he's played also, Ryan Jack's played in the Premiership for a number of years. Never capped. What? Never capped. Which I think, I think you will agree with this, is ridiculous. I think three years ago when he was playing the best football of his career. And I remember you touting Ryan Jack for Scotland saying you thought it was a joke how he, he was not in Scotland set up. He could have been capped at the time, obviously, Scotland's international right now. The midfield's probably the best part of the team. Right, I'll say, I'll say, I'll put a price on Ryan Jack. I would say if, I t- if he could, if, see if Ryan Jack continues this uh, reign of form right now, if he continues playing really, really well... I would say Ryan Jack, two point five million. I think that's very. I think it's two, fair enough. Two point five. I think that's fair. Yeah. And you think you think that he's worth more than McGinn? But no, because yeah, one hundred percent. Because Ryan Jack has played in the Premiership for a number of years. He was a, a great player for Aberdeen. He's kept Rangers. He started off the season very very well. And John McGinn's played in the Championship a couple of seasons. Um, he's he, he done well at St Mirren, right? But Ryan Jack, proven Premiership, proven Premiership player. And if he keeps up this uniform going, yeah, why not? Two point so, five million, I think that's very, very fair. McGinn's accomplished the same amount that Ryan Jack has without playing nearly as much Premiership football. But you, the, the, like that's you want a Scottish Cup? What? You want a Scottish Cup? Oh come on, imagine it. Yeah, no, no, you've done that on purpose. <laughs> done that on purpose. Yeah, but honestly, uh, Ryan, Aidan, what do you think? Ryan Jack, John McGinn. Who would you say overall is uh, the better player? Bear in mind, John McGinn's a good few years younger. He's still going to grow. He's going to develop a lot more. Ryan Jack's better. <laughs> Ryan Jack's better. Yep. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll move on to the main event. Yeah. Which is uh, John James was <laughs> desperate for this to be the main event. As it was, quite early, so it was game of the weekend. Um it was uh, Aberdeen versus Hibs, so it was uh, uh, Ab- Hearts. Oh sorry, <laughs> Aberdeen See because we're talking about Hibs, aren't I? Just uh, I um, so it was uh, Hearts v Aberdeen at uh, Murrayfield. It was uh, a 0-0 uh, draw, so it was. It was um Honestly, I was stunned at how, how Hearts never picked up those three points. Goal in the game. Exactly, yeah. Like uh, both teams created a, a lot of chances, especially Hearts. Hearts, I, I felt as though should have won the game. I think John James, you were in attendance there at Murrayfield. Yeah. Murrayfield, fantastic stadium. Mur- um, Murrayfield, Murrayfield. I don't. I, I, the SFA need to do all they can to come to some sort of agreement with the SRU to make Murrayfield the home of football as well, because that stadium is so much better than Hamden. Yeah, it looks fantastic. I'll be going to well, Rangers. I'll be going to Hearts away. Uh, when Rangers play Hearts at Murrayfield, I will be well, in attendance for that, and I can't wait to go. I've been in Hamden when it's not been completely sold out. See, but Murrayfield was over half empty at the weekend, but yet the atmosphere was still better in in a half empty Murrayfield than what it was in a half empty Hamden. Just Hamden's so lifeless. 
Meanwhile, Murrayfield was vibrant. It, it, there was the noise was all around. The atmosphere was a lot better because the the stands overlap. It was just it was so it was such a such a good football experience to go to Murrayfield. And I would recommend that you go when, uh, when, uh, when Rangers one, play hard. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent going. So yeah, Aiden, uh, what did you make of it? It was a nil nil game, but uh, Hearts honestly should have won the game. Joe Lewis was in fantastic form. What do you think? Yeah, I think he did save Aberdeen that game. I think it's good to save for Hearts. Like Craig first game, they did show they wanted to get more uh, attacking more and get goals, but it just didn't happen on the day. We'll see. Look at the Aberdeen lineup. There were some weird decisions. Like, I think it was Christie on the right, um, Shinny behind the strikers, and McLean and Shinny's role. I just don't know. It seemed like it wasn't the best way to set up for a game like that. Yeah, because that formation, when I seen it, I was like, what is that? Like, I could not understand the system that uh, Derek McInnes was playing. And if Aldean played that system again, I think it would prove to be disastrous. Because John James, you were saying, oh, pod. You hope to never see that system again. What was he thinking? <laughs> I, I don't. I, it's, it reminded me of what he was trying to do earlier last se- like last season when he was trying to tinker with the team to find because teams had apparently found out how to play against Aberdeen, which was ultimately proven wrong when we went back to playing the same formation and we won. We went on huge, like that huge winning run that we had uh, just early December into January. Uh, but looking at the formation, yeah, I just. Uh, you were you were saying Christie on the right. That's not unusual. Aberdeen have used Christie on on the wing before, and it's resulted in him scoring goals for Aberdeen. If you had Christie on one wing and Scott right another, I'm fine with that. But I don't understand why Shinny was playing behind the striker when we had Kenny McLean in the squad. Play, I just uh, it confused me, and it nearly didn't. It nearly cost us a loss, which Hearts ultimately would have deserved it if they won it. Uh, but Joe Lewis, yeah, I, Joe Lewis, I, I, I can't rant about Joe Lewis enough. I've said. That I honestly believe that Joe Lewis is the best keeper in the league, and I'm standing by that because I think Joe Lewis consistently performs and rarely ever makes a mistake. I've just jinxed it, and he's probably going to drop the ball against Kelly at the weekend. But yeah, Joe Lewis was unbelievable, so he was. And but going to Hearts, so like Hearts created a number of chances, but just Joe Lewis was just completely on you form. You seen yeah. it? Uh, I think that chance that Jamie Walker. Jamie Walker unmarked. The, the, like honestly, when you seen that, I was like, you were thinking, oh my god, this is going in. And then the, what I say that was that was the second chance that Jamie Walker nearly scored against Joe Lewis, and he turned round and he actually seen it in his face. It was almost looking as if what they have to do to beat him. Yeah. And even in the second half as well, I think the Hearts player, uh, that new sign Cal- Callahan, Cal- uh, Ross Callan from Rachel, yeah, he he looked quite impressive. Uh, that 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 knockdown from uh, Gonçalves was was ideal. He just took it right in his stride. And I thought Adonis is in. He's clean through us is in. And then Joe Lewis just... I don't know how he stops it, but... And, and on that note as well, Hart's threat went away as soon as they brought off Conchelvis. I don't think they looked like winning that game when he came off. Mm-hmm. Because he rattles the bar, and then two minutes later he subbed off for Kyle Lafferty. Yeah, and as you were saying, also, uh, like as soon as Kyle Lafferty came on, they were saying off pod, that as soon as Lafferty came on, Hearts were not... They did not pose as much a threat as well, they did with Conchelvis up top. The, the, the point is... You bring on you bring on what 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 height is Lafferty six foot five yeah you bring on a fit six foot five striker what's your tactic gonna be long ball it's it's an Aberdeen player do that as soon as as soon as he came on you're like you know what's happening here but see if they for example just say Hearts had Gonzalez and Lafferty up top you don't know what the game plan will be but as soon as Lafferty came on as you said you can tell instantly long ball and then Aberdeen managed to adapt to that Gonzalez was the same Gonzalez had about two two or three good opportunities and he was just denied by Joe Lewis and any other day. Hearts could have could have won that game four 0 Hearts could if Hearts had won that game four 0 it would have been 
I, I would have been harsh, obviously. Aberdeen did not, would not have deserved to lose the game 4 0. But the opportunities were there for them to at least score four goals. There was opportunities for Aberdeen to score as well, but Hearts obviously had the more opportunities. If Aberdeen had won that game, it would have been daylight robbery. Absolute robbery. But at the same time, I would have left that state a very, very happy man if we'd have beat, if we'd have robbed them because so many times I've been to Hearts the Aberdeen and they've robbed us. So, so earlier on in the game, uh, Aidan, uh, there was a lot of claims uh, from the Aberdeen uh, camp that they should have had a penalty. Do you agree? A penalty, like we said, uh, the ball got knocked into the box, then the Hearts defender. I think it was better that yeah, uh, grabbing Rooney. Well, in my opinion, I thought it was very soft. I don't think it was a, a penalty or a red card. Aidan, what did you think? Yeah, because it was st- it was very early on in the game, but it when was, I seen it, it, it was Aberdeen's first attack. Yeah, because when I seen it, it it looked a bit soft in my opinion. I think Rooney went down just a little bit. I don't think too any, easily. I don't think anyone could deny that he clearly holds Rooney back. Rooney is running towards the ball and he gets held back, and his I arms think. are all over him. And my opinion is that if that penalty had been given, the same the uh, Hearts went up the pitch the literally about two minutes later and dot a dominant ball. Kind of, it's not tidy, he barges into the back, into the side of Gonçalves, no, Walker it is, and he goes down. I feel like if Aberdeen had got their penalty, Hearts would have got that penalty. But the fact that we didn't get that penalty, kind of, the referee was like, I'm, I'm not going to give Hearts the penalty because it's equaling up the, it's equaling up his decisions. Um, I felt as though it was, I thought it was soft. Like, I think Rooney knew what he's doing. He felt better, like coming in behind him, and and I, I think Rooney, it's been a striker went right. I'm going to go down here quite easily, and that's what, in my opinion, I thought that's what he'd done. And I don't think it was a penalty or, or a red card for that matter. But yeah, um, uh, John James, Hearts lined up with a 3 5 1 1. And they, they looked like a totally different side under Craig Levine. Uh, they looked they like a typical Craig Levine side. Yeah, I was surprised at the amount of chances they actually created. I'll give, I'll give, I'm presuming it's Craig Levine's due because I don't imagine the players going out and playing the way he did want them to play. But they were solid. The relative is obviously Aberdeen had their chances, but at the same time, when you're playing against a side that's got that much attacking quality, they're going to get their chances. But they were solid. They they caused us problems, and their their fans are probably rightly yeah mystified as uh, and Levine is mystified of how they didn't get. Yeah, he points. said right after the game it was very mixed emotions that you can take from that because obviously Hearts should have got the three points, but they didn't. But they played well. There's many, many positives they can take out of that there's performance more, more and they can kick on. There's more positives and negatives to take from that because at the end of the day, going into the game, they were playing the top of the league side and that they, they, would, not, they would not have been anywhere near winning that game if it was two weeks ago. Honestly, I thought that was Hart's best performance so far this season. Aidan, do you agree? Ah, definitely. I mean, you see Walker and Consalves, they were just, they were relaxed. I couldn't believe they even got a goal between them. See, like, it's a good start for them. If they're might improve, but Uncle Cafro think Gonzalez was wasted and mm-hmm. really showing on Saturday that he can't score goals, even though he didn't. He had a lot of chances and he Are you slightly worried, this is to, uh, to you, uh, Scott, are you slightly worried that 
Jamie Walker might fall in love with playing with Hearts again under a, under a new manager. I don't see that at all. No, I, I don't looked, see that whatsoever. He, he looked very much like the Jamie Walker at the start of last season. But he knows himself. Well, that's to do with Craig right, He knows himself though, Walker, right? See if he still... Because it's obvious, right, he wants to get that move to Rangers, right? See if he, just say, he is playing poorly... Uh, Going into like January or whatever, just play and he's just say as he doesn't play well for the rest of the season, right? And like Rangers won't go, Rangers won't touch him if Walker has a dip in form. Cassini will be like, Oh, this guy's not the player I thought he was going to be, so why should I want to get him now if he's playing poorly for Hearts? So if, uh, if Jamie Walker keeps up this good uh, vein of form going, right? Of course, Walker. Right, of course, Pedro Cassini will still want to go after Jamie Walker if he's playing well, and I think it's obvious, right? If Rangers come in for Jamie Walker on a pre, then offer him a pre-contract, there's only one place he's going, and that's Glasgow to sign I, for I Rangers. I think it would be quite funny if he if, if he signed an extension just like, before the January window. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm going on record saying this. I don't think there's any chance that's going to happen. I think Jamie Walker will be a Rangers player come the end of the season. He'll sign a pre-contract. And but I, for the rest of the season, though, I think he'll be in the Hearts team. I think he'll be playing well for Hearts as he should be. Because as I just said, if he has a dip in form, Casino will be like, right, I'm not going after him anymore. Why should I? If he's play, not playing well, so yeah, like, I think Jamie Walker will keep up uh, this uh, good uh, run of form going. Um, but going back to Joe Lewis, uh, though, John James, do you think Aberdeen will be able to keep a hold of Joe Lewis? Because if he keeps up these kind of performances, it'll be quite hard to like hold like. Hold it like try and keep a hold of him, obviously, from especially from the clubs down south. I, I don't feel losing Joe Lewis. He's, he's just he's just signed a new contract, so I don't see I don't see clubs coming in for Joe Lewis right now because he's, he came off the back of a season where he was also one of, one of the best keepers in the league. So it's not as if he's just became good. And as far as I'm aware, there wasn't any contact for Joe Lewis going into this season when he hadn't signed a contract, and now he's signed a, a longer a longer deal. So. I, I don't see him going. I think see if he keeps up this good run of form. I think easily he could go over. Like you could probably get over a million for him. I think even I though he's getting up there in age, right? He's getting it up there in age. But see, goalkeepers though they're totally different because goalkeepers like thirty for a goalkeeper's like that's them and they're absolute prime. So and they can he can easily play for and as you know goalkeepers can play for at least another ten years. So what about you, Aidan? Do you think eh, there's like Joe Lewis could go for maybe over one million pound? Possibly. I mean. He's was the best keeper in Scotland last year. I think if people want to look at that, and maybe teams, low team in England, could maybe take a chance on him. I think so, but I think he's comfortable at Aberdeen if he's signing a new contract. I can't really see him being really wanting a move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but overall, it was a really good performance from Hearts, and I think that will give them a lot of confidence and they can kick on from it. So, yeah. Edge. The most important of the things to take from that game is Hearts look like they're kind of they're, they're back in a sense and Aberdeen will just be thankful that they're still unbeaten so points gained all round in that game yeah I would say so yeah so I think that'll be us for covering all the SPFL games so we'll uh, yeah when you're going I was also at Murrayfield when Celtic played their qualifiers there yeah it was three years ago Uh I think definitely Ripley's Hampton is the home first Scottish football I mean it's a great stadium just I don't see why they can't find a deal Hampton is absolutely dumb yeah I hate it. That's for Kayla. Yeah. I'm not even what a great stadium. I think they should do all they can and move. Because see, 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 see any time I go to like Hamden for Rangers games, right? See when you're like right behind the goal and you have that big running track 
Like, it is so infuriating because it's just like it's in the way, and Harden's just deplorable. I absolutely despise it. John James, what do you think? Do you think Murrayfield should be in the national stadium for yeah. Scottish football? 100%, yes. I mean, I mean, obviously, there'd have to be a deal done with the SRU to, to use that, but realistically, how much, how much, like, I honestly think that the Scottish football national team and rugby team could easily share that stadium without any issues because. How often does Scotland? Uh, obviously, I'm not clued up in this, but how often do the rugby team actually play? I have no idea. I have no idea, but uh, it should be the national stadium. I think, if I'm being honest, because it it holds much more. It, it holds more, right? Sixty-seven thousand. Yeah, sixty-seven thousand. Uh, and then Hamden fifty-one thousand. Ham- you're looking at after segregation, Hamden probably gets about forty-eight thousand to obviously segregated. Murrayfield, you'd still have about 64,000 fans yeah. even after segregation. Why would you not want to play in front of a bigger crowd, better atmosphere, better pitch? It, it's it, I just and better transport links. It's just it's easier. It's easier to get to. It's it's easier to get home from. It's yeah. It's just maybe the changes the Glasgow the Glasgow based clubs or the West the West Coast clubs wouldn't be happy with having to travel to the East Coast for a I wouldn't mind that actually because it'd be a good wee day out and I just hate Hamden so much. <laughs> I absolutely despise it, it's the worst. Yeah, so overall um, it was Hart should have got the three points, um Aberdeen quite fortunate to leave with a point. So uh, we'll move on to predictions for this weekend. John James getting the, the yeah, fixture list up. Yeah, no, I wasn't prepared for it this early. Oh, no, man, neat prepared John James, like Scott Bradley, as he is always. <laughs> eh, right. Some good games this weekend, actually. Sorry, who have uh, Celtic got this weekend, Ian? Uh, Ross County at home. Ross County at home. Uh, uh, so I should win that one. Uh, so the, Friday, the start of the Friday night fixture, which is... Thistle Rangers. Part of the Soviet Rangers, yes. Live on BT, I'm presuming. Um. I'm going to go for... I think Rangers will continue uh, the good form. Obviously, Rangers won the last two uh, games in the league. I think Rangers will beat Partick Thistle. So I'm going to go for a, a 2-0 uh, Rangers win. John James, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go for a standard Partick Thistle winning 1-0. Ten minutes to go, Rangers score two goals and seven. <laughs> the Champions League. Uh, but, uh, I like that. I think Rangers will win 2-1. I mean, Thistle, Thistle don't t- tend to get hammered. And I think... And also, see you considering how poor that Rangers side were last season. Played Thistle four times last season, beaten them four I, I times. Don't, Thistle don't tend to get hammered, so I think it'll be a, another glorious close defeat that they'll get where it'll be. They'll, it'll be Thistle one, Rangers two. So can you see Rangers scoring at the last minute, then the Rangers start to fade the pitch and it's just chaos? Pedro Cajinha does a cartwheel on the touchline before demanding respect from Alan Archibald. <laughs> Aidan, what's your prediction for Thistle v Rangers? So your this, what's your your scoring prediction? Did you say? Uh, two 0 Rangers. Oh, 2-0, 2-0, yeah. Um, uh, Aberdeen host Kilmarnock. Aberdeen host Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock are doing really, really, Kilmarnock are doing really, really poor right now. <coughs> and I just I think it's not going to get any better, especially playing against Aberdeen side who are undefeated right now. And going forward, Aberdeen can cause defences a lot of problems. Kilmarnock are just low in confidence right now. I'm going to go for a. Aberdeen 3-1 victory. John James, yourself? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Aberdeen for the first time this season are gonna keep two consecutive clean sheets and I think it's gonna be 3-0 Aberdeen. Aidan? I think everyone's going wrong for command at the moment and Aberdeen are 
probably know we're looking to prove that they can score goals after being quite disappointed Saturday, so we'll go for 4 0 Aberdeen. Aye, for, um, so uh, Celtic Coast County. Celtic Coast County, I'm just going to go for a, a standard 3 0 Celtic win. <laughs> Uh, Aiden? Um, well, we'll be having another European hangover, but Celtic now will cope with that quite well, so I'll also go for 3 0 Celtic. Mm-hmm. I forgot about, I forgot the, the midweek game there. Yeah. Uh, I think Celtic will change up the squad quite a bit from the Champions League game, and I think they'll win 2 0. Dundee host St Johnson. Oh, 1 uh, 0 St Johnson. And speaking of St Johnson, I forgot to mention this earlier on, and I'm quite annoyed at myself for not mentioning this. Michael Halloran, uh, seen that game there, didn't, we didn't even mention that he scored. He scored. <laughs> We've got to mention that, we spent so much time talking about Hibs. Yeah, let me quickly mention this, so O'Halloran, five goals in five league games, right? Pedro Casina came out uh, last week, and I think it was last week, yeah, and he, no, it was a couple weeks ago actually, a couple weeks ago, and he said Michael Halloran's not his type of player, and he basically said he won't be back at Rangers. I'll start with you, John James, quickly on this one. Do you think that was right for Casina to come out and say that? I don't think it was no, whatsoever. I don't, I don't think... Uh, I, I, I don't know why he's getting treated like he's some a piece sort of, of crap. Yeah, he's a well. Obviously, I, I was I'm not I'm not aware of the training ground bust ups or whatever. But he's getting it seems like he's getting treated like he's a troublemaker, and he's not even at the club, <laughs> and he's getting and he's still getting talked about. So I, he must be doing something right. But at the same time, I I just don't understand why you come out and say that. Even when he's scoring goals, like how how many goals has Manella scored? Six. Six. Six and five. How many goals has O'Halloran scored? <coughs> five and five. Five. So he's averaging only one goal less than Rangers' current top goal scorer, and the argument is, oh, he couldn't do it at Rangers. He can't handle it. At he wasn't given a fair chance. But he's still scoring goals in the same league and this against the same opponents that Morelos is doing it against. So. See, since you just mentioned that, John James, that yeah, I'm salivating over that prospect, Morales and O'Halloran up top together and you know for a fact it's not going to happen oh just I don't understand Cassini's mindset I don't understand what he's thinking more Halloran because the guy's quite clearly talented and he's scoring goals at St Johnson because he's been given a fair chance I just I don't understand that whatsoever and he's saying O'Halloran's not that type of player how? I don't understand it Aidan what's your thoughts? I think it's probably Cassini's right and if he doesn't feel he's wanting to I don't think it's a smart decision because it's clearly a good player but it was an interesting point on the Super Scoreboard like Halloran could outlove Cassini at Rangers if things don't go Rangers way and he comes back with a new manager who'd maybe give him a chance but We'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, uh, it just honestly infuriates me so much. I like O'Halloran, I liked him from day one. As soon as we signed him, I thought, right, this guy's going to be a player for us, and he's not been given a chance. And that that does infuriate me. And as John James said there about Morales and Michael Halloran up top, those two up top would cause so many defence, like every defence in the SPFL problems. I'm saying that right now. But yeah, I'm going to go for a 1 0 St Johnson win uh, over uh, Dundee. Oh, Aidan, we ask you. Aidan, sorry. Um, Quite a tough game. I think St. George will probably win it. The South with the same one now as St. George. John James? I want to back Dundee because I, I, just, I was off for Dundee. But, uh, I think St. George will win 2-1. 2-1, yeah. Next one? Uh, Hamilton hosts Hearts. Oh, um, I'm, I think Hearts will take confidence, obviously, from the Aberdeen performance. And they'll be looking looking to like build on that. And I think... Hearts will win 2-0. Going to 2-0. Hearts win. I think Hearts are going to win 3-1. 3-1. John. Aiden. I'll go for 3-1 Hearts as well. I think 
like we're maybe about to see the start of how long is this in if they do get a result fair enough but I don't know I can't see them finishing high up the table I think they will be a relegation candidate quite soon uh, Hibs welcome in form muddle to Easter Road I'm going one each one each yeah. uh, I think Hibs are going to put an end to Muddle's good form and going to win 2-1 Aiden? I think I'm quite impressed with Mother, so I'll all go well one each as well. I think could get a result out of it if they're playing the way they are going. Because see if Hamilton can go Easter own and score three goals, I don't think there's any reason why Mother can't go there and score three goals. Or, or no, the three goals are just like beat Hibs, if I'm being honest. So, uh, but I think it'll be one each, if I'm being honest. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. Oh, championship? Yeah. Within the championship. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's a battle with the part time boys. Uh, Dumbarton host Breakin. Yeah, great result for uh, Dumbarton at the weekend. Um, and Breakin. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, it was a great result, especially with Dumbarton going to Tannadice, getting a point. Um, I think it will be a 1-0 Dumbarton win. Uh, I can see Breakin edging this. I think Breakin might win this 2-1. Mm. Uh, Aidan? I'll go for 2-0 Dumbarton. This could vet. Oh, there's actually two games that it's up to you to decide if you, up to you to decide if you think that's the game of the weekend. Uh, Dunfermline host St Mirren. Oh, that's interesting. Top of the table clash. I think that is. Um, I'm going to go a one each. Go, I'm going one each. I'm going to go for a high scoring draw and I think it's going to be three each. Three each? Three each. Uh, Aidan? I'll go for one now because I'm And now there's another game you can decide if that's the game of the weekend or that the delay. Falkirk host Dundee United. Oh, that'll be interesting. Um, Falkirk haven't won a, ga- a league game so far. Dundee United... Like they, they drew with them Barton last week and obviously St Mirren beat them as well so they've not won in the last two games I'm going to go for Peter Houston going up against his own old club I think this will be the nail in the coffin for Peter Houston because they've had such a horrendous start I'm going to go for a 2-0 Dundee United win and John James I know you've been wanting to say something about Peter Houston yeah. and you're saying oh, Paul, you've been very critical of him uh, see yeah. your piece I, I just don't understand how People aren't like I've I've seen people saying oh Peter Houston is he shouldn't be even considered to be sacked. How 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 can he not be considered to be sacked? Because as it uh, what has he achieved at Falkirk other than be glorious failures? They've every season they've they've done the same thing and not achieved. And fair enough, I'll 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 exclude the first season because that was Hearts, Hibs, and Rangers that were in the league, but. Every season after that, they've reached. The, see when they reached the final against Kilmarnock, what's the excuse for getting beat four 0 Especially when they fu- when the first leg one 0 Yeah. What is the excuse for that? And then the next season, they go out to a very half standard Dundee United side when they were ahead. Was it they were ahead in the time, weren't they? <coughs> um, no, the first leg was nil 0 nil So they they had home advantage. No away goals count. So how were they? And they were winning. I'm pretty sure they were winning. Were they not? Falkirk took the lead and then Dundee United equalised. I'm not so sure. Uh, no, he talking about in the, uh, the, the second leg. The, uh, the, the second leg, yeah, it was two one, didn't it? That finished two one. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, if Falkirk lose this, Houston should be sacked because they've had a horrible start to the season. They need to at least get a bit of form going before the turn of the new year, just so they can still be up there. Because they won't be up there competing with Dunfermline, Saint Mary, and Dundee United if they have, and Queen the South as well, if they have this sort of. Run a form. They'll be they'll be down in the bottom the, the bottom if because something needs to change, and I think his time's up at Falkirk. I think he's a he's just repeating what he's always went through at Falkirk, and this season he's actually doing worse. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think uh, I just can't see it getting any better for Falkirk, and I think uh, Houston will be going if he loses this game. Aidan, uh, what's your prediction? I will go for 2 0 Dundee United. I think it's mad if you look at this game as before the season. I think this will be a big one in deciding who's going to win the league, but uh, it's not going to focus with them, and I think the fans will be disappointed with how they've started. Exactly, I know. So, what's the next one? Uh, Inverness lost at the weekend to St Mirren very like St Mirren are just flying right now and Inverness have started the season so poorly they won't come up this season they're still in that rebuilding process so I don't see Inverness coming up this season and uh, this season uh, I think this weekend I can't see it getting any better for them I'm going to go for a one each Uh, I can see Inverness winning 2-1 2-1 Inverness Reason? I'll go for 1-0 Livingston. I think they've done okay in the championship so far. Considering once they came up, they were probably going in for a third time, but I think they'll do okay in Inverness and great at the moment. So, 1-0 Livingston. Uh, the final game, Queen of the South, Morton. Queen of the South, Morton. I'm going to go for a... Queen of South started quite well as well, so... I'll go for a 2-1 Queen of the South. Uh, Morton just won at the weekend after a dramatic late winner against uh, Dunfermline. So I think Morton have finally found their feet and I think it'll be 2-1. 2-1 to Morton. Aidan? I'll go for a one each. They're in similar positions in the table and they're all in probably quite equal so far. So I'll go for that. Not bad. So guys, I think that's pretty much it. Thank you for being on. Oh, a pleasure as always. So, well. so, so guys, uh, take care and uh, we'll see you soon.